Welcome back to the Thousand Words Podcast, where once a week I write a thousand word essay based on two randomly generated words. I've been missing the road a lot lately, and in the last couple of years I've had the privilege to drive all over the country and gained a love for that feeling of driving hours to end up in a new state or a new place. Places I'd only read about or seen pictures of. And I wish I could be out there again, uh, but I know it could be some months before anyone can do that. And I've been thinking about those places that I want to go back to, Moab, the Cascades, Red Rocks, Kentucky. And I've been comforted a little, knowing that those places will still be there whenever the world is ready. And this essay came out of that feeling. I call it that kind of resolution. The first time I brushed my teeth in a rest area, I was outside of Eugene, Oregon. I was almost three weeks into a road trip that took me from Wisconsin to Colorado to Oregon and eventually up to Seattle. I got to the coast in the early evening and drove to watch the sunset over the Pacific for the first time in my life. At the end of a road that turned into beach, I stood on a small dune and noticed an old sports car parked on the sand facing the ocean. Coffeehouse jazz pumped from the speakers and inside sat a long-haired man wearing a fedora. I felt a solidarity with him two silent watchers ending the country's day. The sun went down and the world went dark, and only then did the man start his car and drive off down the road. His job done. I stayed a few minutes longer, and like that last bit of light you see from the window before you fall asleep, so too went the sun. The sign outside the bathroom said I could stay for eight hours of the day. In California, I could stay for twelve. It was secluded, just two lights near the front end of the parking lot. I parked in the darkness as far as I could from the bathrooms and the soft glow of vending machines. Rest stops were easy, free. No one bothered me. No cops, no state patrol, no park rangers. And by the time I reached Eugene, I had my system down. Rear seats flat, sleeping bag down the middle, head resting on the center console supported by a duffel of extra clothes. Food and gear bins closing me in, a last line of defense. I curled up between plastic bins watching stars circle past the windows, sweating because I kept the windows closed and my sleeping bag didn't breathe well. It worked fine. No tent, just wake up, climb into the front seat, and be back on the highway before the sun. When I walked into the bathroom to brush my teeth, a trucker stepped out of the stall, carrying an old plastic bag filled with a change of clothes and shampoo. He smiled and nodded at me, and in his eyes I saw the road, That tired, weathered look I'd seen so often in people like him. The ones who know all the roads and can get from New York to Portland without GPS, and in less time than a family SUV. I saw it in myself when I looked into the mirror. Tight cheeks, scruffy facial hair, curls pushed flat across my head because of the hours and hours of wearing a cap. When you're on the road, dirt gets into the folds, onto the dash, the hair, the eyelashes. A crust forms where hair meets the forehead where fingernails meet fingers, where sleeves meet skin. A blanket for a traveler. My sister once called the wrinkle on the left side of my mouth a dimple. But it's not. It's a line chiseled out of my face from the road. Hours and hours of sunlight. My left arm got more tan than my right that summer from too much time driving with my arm out the window. Life on the road takes some getting used to. It can be rough like blowing a tire in the mountains of Colorado, or taking a wrong turn and having no signal to correct the path somewhere in Utah or Nevada, with only cliff bars left in the pantry bin. The road takes with each passing day, something like 52 cents per mile. 
but I wouldn't trade the road for anything. That sense of moving, that hum of tires on the highway always signaling progress, always offering comfort, is too great a siren. I spit Colgate Mint into the bathroom of the rest stop outside Eugene, Oregon, and in the mirror I saw the crust had faded from around my face. The lines were still there, the scruff, but the edge had scrubbed off. It wouldn't come off entirely until I showered in Seattle two weeks later. But that's how the road goes. The next morning, I was up again before the sun, on my way towards the Redwoods, a place I had visited as a child and remembered only the picture of the family truck next to a downed tree for scale. I wanted to find that place again, take a picture of my car in the same spot with the same tree, some kind of continuation, some kind of reminder of permanence. That's the thing about that forest, though, that everything said or written about them is old, like the trees themselves, all of it cliché. But those clichés won't last as long as the trees. Those giants outlive us, here long before, here long after. After even language disappears, after all but total destruction of the planet, which I guess is still a possibility. With that kind of resolution, that strength of character to stand firm and tall and weather every storm, every stroke of an axe, every person treading on the roots, it's possible to understand what makes being there so beautiful. And I could explain the first time I walked into the old-growth forest out of sight from my car, explain the thrill of looking up and feeling safe. I could explain the way the sounds from a small stream echoed and grew into a flood bouncing off the giant trunks. I could explain how it felt to take my shoes off and walk along the forest floor feeling the roots beneath my toes. But who really wants to hear that? No, it's better, I think, to say those trees will be there and you should go visit them. But take your time in getting there and enjoy the rest stops along the way. Sleep under the stars because those two aren't going anywhere. And when the destination stands as high as a redwood, the journey there is the best part. Another cliche. But after a while, the redwoods are just redwoods. One after the next. Each as big and majestic as the last. And the forest starts to feel oppressive. Starts to lose its magic. I only spent two days there. I felt the power, slept in the campground, wandered along the paths, but I didn't want to stay. I only wanted to come back. There was so much left to see, and I could always come back. I brushed my teeth at a rest stop outside Crescent City, Washington, the night that I left. My words this week were a jest and visitor. Thanks for listening. Uh, I hope you have a place that you'll visit again whenever you can. If you want to help support this show, please consider sharing an episode with someone you think might enjoy it. And next week, we're keeping with the same theme of places and travel, with an essay about a relatively unknown climbing destination and an odd sense of nostalgia. Alright, we'll catch you next week.